This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins, powered by BetUS. 879-BETUS or BetUS.com. Well, what a game we have to talk about this week with that Dallas Cowboys game we just witnessed on Sunday. It is the Greg Bedard Podcast. Nick Cattles brought to you by BetUS.com, America's favorite sports book for over 25 years. Crazy game, Greg. Let's start with the three things that you feel better or good about coming out of Sunday. Well, Nick, I'd go I, – I don't know if this is any particular order, but I'll say this. I felt – Despite some of the big plays that happened in the game, like Mac Jones almost getting decapitated a couple times uh, and the pick six, which I'm still not sure. It was a tough play. I still want to – I basically split the responsibility on the interception to Jones and Kendrick Bourne. I thought I, I Bourne agree. left his feet a little early. Yeah, I agree. Um, but that's a tough timing play, and, and you know, they were under pressure and or Jones was under pressure and, uh, had to get it over Randy Gregory, or at least appeared that way on film. Uh, but I thought that the offense in general, it's getting there. I thought the execution was a lot better, especially in the first half. I thought Jones was outstanding in the first half. And yeah, you could probably put the line of demarcation. In, and it's not like he played bad the rest of the game. Uh, just not quite as good. I think the Cowboys upped the pressure. But I thought that, I thought that um, you know, I think that, he he played he I thought he played fine. I thought that overall, I thought the offensive execution was a lot better. I think they're making progress. I even didn't think the 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 line was all that bad. Um certainly in places they had some fundamental breakdowns in, in tough plays. Uh but overall I thought the offense uh I felt better about the offense coming out of this game for sure. I felt better about Ramondre Stevenson. You know, he had yep. been pretty much invisible for the most part since game one. He's been active last couple of weeks. But finally, they did some things with him. They actually had him run a route down the seam, which worked out for them. I think he runs with a powerful finish. I think he has good vision. I think he's got some movement there, right? He's got a little bit of jiggle in his run for mm -hmm. a bigger guy. And I think you see that. And I'm pretty bullish on his ability to help this football team as this season progresses, I also think Mac Jones was good. And, you know, I wanted to see them give Mac Jones a little bit more in the first half and trust him a little bit more later in this game, which I'm sure we'll get into. But I think Mac overall, we keep saying it week after week after week. He's one of the most consistent players on this team, which says a ton when he's at the most critical position and he's a rookie. I think he has mm -hmm. been unbelievably steady, Greg, and he has played better than I think a lot of people expected him to this early on in his career. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would I would definitely put Mac Jones on my things I feel better about from this game. Along with Stevenson, I think that's a he was on my list of considerations. I thought that he, you know, he looked uh explosive. He looked more sure of himself. The thing about Jones, Nick, that I think that stands out, I mean, the cojones to do what he did, to throw the pick six and then to throw that ball, which look the safety didn't play great on some other teams. That pass might be intercepted, but just to have the guts to throw that pass uh, was tremendous. And I think that, look, I don't want to, I don't want to continue on with this Mac Jones debate um, with some people and some of my, you know, friends in the media 
Um, and, and I'm not going to, but I just, and I, but I, this is also aimed at some of the fans that I hear on Twitter about just like, you know, uh, they want to blame Mac Jones for this or that. I think that I, I just don't know what people expected. Like, what, what did you expect? Like, <laughs> he is a rookie quarterback. Like when yeah. did, did I black out? Did I ever miss when a rookie quarterback came in and, and, and blew away the league, especially, a, you know, a pocket quarterback? I, I mean, a 15th overall pick. I mean, one or two maybe is different. Uh, RG3, you know, was rookie of the year. Um, you know, Dak was, Dak, Dak was a unicorn that he came in and did what he did out of the fourth round. It was almost like Brady-esque. Like, no one expected Dak to be that good that soon or else he would have been picked in the first round. And so he was just a unicorn, so somewhat like Brady. But, like, we all knew, and this goes in general for the offense and, and where this team is and some of my frustrations about where this team is. We knew, Nick, we talked about it all summer, ever since Mac Jones was drafted, ever since they did what they did in free agency. It was going to take this team some time, especially the offense, with two new receivers, two new tight ends, um, a rookie quarterback, we knew it was going to take time for this offense. We knew that Mac Jones was going to have growing pains. We knew that he wasn't going to be perfect. We knew that he wasn't going to be Tom Brady, you know, who sat as a rookie and didn't play until his second year. And and what the offense has done has been exactly what we thought they were going to do, Nick. It's It's been fits and starts about, you know, how, how they've executed, how things gone. There have been some really good moments. There's been some shaky moments. That's what happens with a rookie quarterback and four new people, four new key pieces. None of these guys who know each other. Yeah. But the problem with this team, and this gets into three things we feel bad about. Wait, uh, before that, that, I just want to touch on Matt quickly before we get to the three things that we feel worse about. I just want to highlight some things. So the throw that you mentioned to Kendrick Bourne, uh, I would say first and foremost, we heard all this stuff about how Mac has swag. He's got swag. He's got swag. And people say, oh, what the hell does that mean? That's what that means is the dude throws a pick six to Trayvon Diggs. And on the very next play, he's out there. He throws a bomb for a touchdown to Kendrick Bourne. That's what the swag is about. He's got unbelievable confidence. He believes that he can beat you. Even if he just gave up a play, he's coming right back for your throat. That's what the swag's all about. As far as the rookie quarterbacks, look, compare him to other rookie quarterbacks this year. It's not even close. Now, yes, close. he has a better situation, better mm-hmm. circumstances, better coaching staff, better weapons around him, blah, 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 blah. But he is so significantly better than every other rookie quarterback. I don't know how you can't be happy with him. And finally, and it's only six games and it's only six games. And then you look at the history. You mentioned this. And I remember saying this, you know, a a month or two ago, look at the history of rookie quarterbacks. People, they see Justin Herbert last year, who was, as you would put it, a unicorn. His rookie season a year ago was unlike any other rookie quarterback season we have ever seen. That's not hyperbolic. That's fact. Mm -hmm. Look at statistically. It was like Marino-esque. Yeah, I mean, he had like the best rookie season that we've seen in like 20 years. I mean, it was unbelievably off the charts. When you look at the other guys, when you look at the Baker Mayfields of the world, the Kyler Murrays of the world, even the guys drafted in the top five, I just mentioned two of them. You look at those guys in the last 10 to 15 years, they didn't light the world on fire. They were good at best. And then they developed in year two and year two, they kind of took off 
And then that led into year three, and we see Kyler Murray doing what he's doing in year three. So the history tells you that quarterbacks don't get off to an unbelievable start like people think, and it's because we always talk about the quarterbacks heading into the draft. They become the number one priority, when in reality, they're pretty average to begin their careers, no matter who you mm -hmm. talk about, the majority and, of them. And Nick, let me let me further tell you that you know, I think Mac Jones's game, and I think the whole game, in my opinion, I think the whole game changed on the James Ferentz callback of the touchdown to Jacoby Myers. First of all, that was an outstanding play by both players. Mac waited for Jacoby Myers to clear. He waited a beat. He did. He got him. Touchdown. Uh, you know, look, you know I'm not one to complain about refs. Like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about the hands to the face on the fight. I don't want to hear it because – there are plenty of other plays that go both ways, including Kyle Duggar hitting Dak Prescott in the head, um, you know, on one play that was not called. So most of them balance out. And, and I'm sure there are some instant replays that show James Ferentz maybe tugging um, Micah Parsons a little bit. But on the coach's film, that hold's just not there. Fer uh, Micah Parsons left his feet to try to like and, – and Ferentz just – manhandled them from there. Like once you leave your feet as a defender, like, I'm sorry, you don't get any calls. And so if, if that call does not happen, if they get that touchdown, then the blindside sack fumble doesn't happen. Mac Jones isn't knocked for a loop for a while. And, and, and the game looks even better in my opinion. All right, let's get to the things that you feel worse or the same about. Well, to continue on with my rant from before, <laughs> we all knew about where they would be with the offense. But we expected the defense. We said the defense is going to have to win them games early yep. on in the season. Yep. yep. Like, we knew it wasn't going to be perfect on offense. They're not going to score a bunch of points. Like, you just have to be ready for that. And if and if you're complaining about it, if you're complaining about Mac Jones, you're complaining about Josh McDaniels, like, you're just you're just way off. It's the defense. The, the defense is not – they've had chances to get you stop after stop. They didn't stop the Cowboys at all. The Cowboys stopped themselves on Sunday. And we know the Cowboys are high-powered, blah, blah, blah. But there's too much money, too much experience on this defense to give up 600 yards in probably, if the Cowboys didn't kill themselves, you know, 50-some-odd points at home. Like, it's just, it's not good enough. And I, and I don't know if it's going to be good enough. And quite frankly, Nick, and I'm sure we'll get into some of this because I know you're frustrated with you know, frustrated with some of the fourth down calls, but, you know, you know, the big plays, the third and 25, the C.D. Lamb touchdown, and I broke these down on Boston Sports Journal yesterday where I looked at – I didn't dis, I didn't agree with the coverages at all. I didn't agree with what the defense was doing. Devin McCourty had some pointed remarks basically about the coaches and also the, uh, the coaching and the personnel after the game. Uh, I think they're being let down in that area. I don't think the players have played well enough. They're getting paid way too much money. So, number one, no question that I don't feel good about is this defense. They haven't come close to winning you a game unless it's the Jets or the Texans, and even Davis Mills torched this defense. So not much to feel good about on that side of the ball, in my opinion. Steve Belichick's been terrible. He's been terrible. Too many guys on the field, not enough guys on the field, wrong personnel packages, wrong coverages at wrong times, allowing the secondary to give up big plays. C.D. Lamb with a touchdown in overtime when you have no safety help over the top, which makes 0, 0.0 sense. 
uh, just a complete disaster. A co- it, when you give up 24 yards on a third and 25, get the hell out of my face. The fourth and four play to Cedric Wilson. I'll tip my cap to Dak and Cedric. That's a fantastic throw by Dak oh. Prescott. It's an incredible catch on the sidelines. The catch Wilson. was amazing. Amazing. That play, again, it's fourth and four. Yes, you want your guys to get off the field and win that game on that play. But sometimes players make plays, right? And Dak made mm-hmm. that play. That was a terrific play and a terrific play on the other end from Wilson. But third and 25, you give up 24. I mean, it is enough is enough now. I've given Steve Belichick enough leeway. He has stunk out loud. And it's mm-hmm. it, it's driving me nuts. And I don't know if Bill is going to wake up one day and say, well, maybe my son's not doing a good enough job. Maybe he does think that, and he's just trying to get through. I don't know. But you've got Matt Patricia on this staff who has experience. It's, it, it's one of those things we talked about. It's very difficult to ax your son. And we're in a situation right now where this defense has been pitiful compared to what we thought they were going to be. The only guy that's making plays consistently is Matthew Judon. I feel like it's 11-on-1 at times out there. And Jalen Mills mm-hmm. thinks we, we talked about Mills as an outside corner. He's not good in that spot. He wasn't good in Philly. He gets – I mean, I'm a broken record, right, Greg? How many times have I said about – going back <laughs> when Mills was signed, I saw him play. Not a lot of people watch the Philadelphia Eagles, and I understand mm-hmm. that. My Monday through Friday job is to watch as much football as I can. I watched a lot of the Philadelphia Eagles compared to what people watch in New England because I've got to. And I saw that guy get torched over and over and over again. And they signed him for 20-plus million, and he gives up 24 yards on third and 25. He gives up the overtime touchdown. He's, he's not good as an outside corner. And if they think they're going to be able to survive with that guy as their number two opposite of J.C. Jackson, they are stoned out of their minds. He's just, he's not good enough. You have to help him constantly, every snap. Driving me crazy. By the way, let's let's further that discussion because I, I just wanted to, I'm just trying to look up the, uh, the, the, the quotes from, hang on, I have it right here. Uh Okay, so yeah, so the the quotes from McCordy after the game. Uh, we played our hearts out there, guys fought. We played well enough. We just didn't make enough plays at the end to win it. That's just disappointing. Uh, then he said, you know, about uh, some of the calls. We were in a tough call for the route they ran, which was the game winning touchdown. That he said, which was he was exactly right, and and I just didn't understand that the third and twenty five. I didn't understand because they called some. They called cover one robber, and I know that's what they called, just just to let you know. They called cover one robber, which they run all the time. And J.C. Jackson didn't execute it perfectly. He's supposed to, after Adrian Phillips takes his guy on the crosser, then he's supposed to float to the middle of the field, basically. he Ideally, he's there to undercut that route. Dak doesn't see him. He picks it off. But to call that coverage in third and 25, like, what are you doing? It's third and 25. Like, play the freaking sticks. Like, getting three deep, four under, quarters, I don't know, whatever you want. Put them on the line. Yep. Make them throw underneath, tackle them, make it fourth and eight, nine, ten. And now now give me a good play call. Now give me some good dialed up, you know, exotic pressure that you have dialed up for this game. Instead of, 
you know, whatever cover one robber. That's like their default coverage. You got to come up with something better there. And then on the final play, they call they call cover zero. And I understand they're in field goal range. You got to force a play. I understand. But to call a cover zero, which is man across, everybody else is coming. You got the four down linemen. You have Judon free. You have Phillips free. To not tell Judon and Phillips, the other guys are in coverage, to not tell them as soon as the ball is snapped, go after the ball. Go get the ball. Instead, Judon's turning around, basically dropping in the coverage. Adrian Phillips is playing like the boot. Like, you know, what are we doing here? Like, go make a play. Instead, Dak has all day, rolls out, boom. Jalen Mills, again, off coverage, inside leverage, no safety help, almost like all the slants he's given up, and there's a touchdown. Like, that's just it's just bad defense. And it starts with the play call, and it's got to be better. And, Nick, in my opinion, look, I think the offensive line is getting settled. I think I think I would not be surprised if a went up. Awenu is not back at, at right tackle from now on. I think Karras has earned a spot at guard once people come back. Mason comes back. Isaiah Wynn, let's see, you know, probably some sort of rotation because I don't know how much he's earned. But I think the offensive line has settled down. I think Josh McDaniels is starting to figure out what works with this offense. It's time, and Bill does this from time to time, it's time for him to take over the defense. Like, he has to take over the play calling. Yep. Because that is killing this team right now. And he needs to take it over because he's the only one that can take this jalopy and make it run on the highway that is the NFL. Nobody else can do it. He can't give, you know, Steve paint by numbers. Bill's got to make the calls. All right, let's get to Bet US. If you listened to us uh, last week about the Cowboys game, you won some money. Both Greg and I laid the points. For Dallas on the road, it was, uh, what, three and a half, four points by the time we talked about it. We said lay the points, and uh, yeah, we got a little bit fortunate, but that's how the betting world works with that overtime touchdown. Uh, tell us about BetUS, Greg. Yeah, so I'm going to go off the script a little bit, Nick, this week. I, like I just wanted to, to relay some people that. Uh, so I, wanna, I, I, I won last night. I won my bet on I bet on the Titans. I took the points in that game. Nice. Um I also won my Red Sox bet last night. By the way, the Buffalo uh, defense, woof. Two guys you have to stop. You have to stop two guys, A.J. Brown yeah. and Derrick Henry. Both of them went bananas in the second half. Yeah, my guy, Josh Allen, I mean, he played really well for the most part, but still, my my criticism with him, and it was the same, I've looked back at it because somebody reminded me of it. It's my same criticism that I had with Andrew Luck, which is, I, I wrote a column for SI that says Andrew Luck isn't great yet. He's good. He's probably going to be great, but he's not yet that he was overblown, that he made too many critical mistakes. He turned the ball over too many times, and I see Josh Allen the same way. He took a terrible sack last night. He's throwing 50-yard bombs when all they need is to run the clock out at the end of the night. You know, he had a pick. But anyways, <laughs> uh, so I won that bet. I came up one game short of a 17 parlay. Wow. The the Browns killed me. Oh, I, had God. It. I had it other than I had everything else. I, I got six right. The Browns freaking killed me, Nick. But you know what? Uh, it was a lot of fun betting a couple wins, a loss. I almost hit big. And and it's because BetUS makes it easy, Nick. BetUS.com. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity. You need to know you're going to get paid. You need a sports book that offers everything, including live betting, MMA, golf, horses, esports, Nick Cattle's category of crazy stuff that he likes to bet on and tweet about. That's right. Uh, 
make sure you check out the offers over there, including I do want to say, so my bet last night was my quote unquote free play from the bonus that I got when I set up, they give up the 200% in bonuses. I think I got like a hundred percent cause I'm a little bit cheap when I make an initial deposit, but <laughs> I got my bonuses. You hit the FP, the free play button. Then you're just, you know, playing with house money. And I got the, I, I got the earnings into my account last night. Uh, nice. So make sure you check out bet us uh, enter BSJ. When you sign up at BetUS.com for a special bonus BetUS.com where the games begin. All right, so we got a, a shorter podcast today. Uh, I just want to get right to it. You looked at the offensive film. Mm-hmm. Here's my beef, and I want you to, I don't know, try to talk me off the ledge, or I want you to agree with me, however you feel, Greg. Okay. Way too conservative in critical spots, and it's the same situation that we saw against Tampa. 90 seconds to go, left in the first half. You have two timeouts. You wave the white flag. You just wave the white flag. You run the football on first down. You get a yard. You take an eight. I think that is ridiculous. Overtime, fourth and three from your own 46-yard line. Your defense has played like a puddle against this offense. Dallas only needs a field goal to win this game, and you punt the freaking ball. Mm-hmm. I, I just I don't know how many times Mac Jones was actually allowed to throw the football twice in a row in this game. I'd have to go back and watch the film like you did. It didn't feel like a lot. And I'm getting a little tired of it. I'm I'm getting tired of the conservative approach from Belichick, especially when they play explosive offenses. With this defense playing the way they're playing, you have to put up points. You have to be aggressive. You have to try to score at the end of that first half. You have to go for that fourth down in overtime, just like you had to go for it against Tampa instead of kicking a 56-yard field goal in a monsoon. And I, mm-hmm. it, it's time for Belichick. Two things. You mentioned it. Bye-bye, Steve. You, you, can, you can go sit at the kids' table for the rest of the year like it's Thanksgiving because you've been mm-hmm. awful. I'm taking over the defense. Change number two, trust in your rookie quarterback a little bit more slash be more aggressive. I, I think this conservative approach, and I get it. They, they, they want to handle the rookie with kid gloves. They don't want to put too much on his plate. It's, but, man, oh, man, I mean, this young guy has shown you over and over and over again that he's got balls and that he can play the position. And fourth and three, like fourth and twos, fourth and threes at the end of the half, you're not going to let him go two minute drill. Like we saw in the Washington preseason game. I, I just, I, I know it was preseason, but we've seen him run the two minute drill spread out of the shotgun. He does it unbelievably well. And you just, you, you wave the white flag at the end of the first half. Am I wrong? Okay. So I think, no, I, I but I think, I think you're talking about two separate things. I think, or at least especially some of the fans at home might be talking two different things. Like in terms of game plan and play calling, uh, you know, I know I get accused of being, you know, pro Josh McDaniels. I mean, I did rip him for the three screens last week um, on that possession. Um, But I thought he, I thought he, I thought this was a really good game plan. And I thought for the most part, it was well called. Um, Not look, they have to there are some issues with the offensive line which was clear i think that the the two sacks that they gave up that mac jones got killed on I, just shows you how they're trying to thread the needle but i thought the running game was really schemed well uh took advantage of dallas's over aggressiveness 
I thought that the passing game was productive. Um, it'd be nice if the defense got some, got them some more possessions. Um, but I thought a lot of things worked now. I think, and I think it's, you're seeing progression. You're seeing like the, you know, they're opening things up and I don't think they're being restricted of Mac. I think that just in terms of what kind of execution they're going to get, they just, they're, they're just not opening it up all the way yet. And I don't I mean, think that's the wrong like way to go. Throws. He had like seven throws in the first half. I mean, he, right. That's because yeah. they didn't, they only had 17 plays in the first half. It's, well, I mean, it's ridiculous. Maybe if they let him throw a little bit more, they'd have more plays. I mean, chicken. Or well, the I end. mean, they, we, they were, they were plenty productive. Um, you know, they were, I mean, they were plenty productive in on offense. I mean, like I said, they got, you know, a touchdown called back and, and, uh, you know, they had, they were shooting themselves in the foot with, you know, Nikhil Harry's doing things, but anyways, but the other side of the coin, which I completely agree with you about, Nick, is the game management from Belichick's perspective. The thing before, before halftime, I don't care how many times he says, like, well, we got the ball before, uh, to start the second half. Like, that doesn't that doesn't do anything for Yeah, me. what happened to the double like, score theory? We, we've been right, saying – Right, exactly. I mean, you score. know that, like you said, you know this team is going to put up points. All right? you every uh, Every possession is important that you get something out of it. And even a field goal there, which they had no timeouts left, why the hell did you take the timeout before the two-minute warning if you're just going to, you know, take the ball and sit on it? Once you got it back, it was dumb. You can't make you can't make both of those decisions. It's got to be one way or the other. And they should have gone for it, even with a couple screens or something, Nick. Like, now you don't come out and double tight ends and you know <laughs> a, a, a closed formation and run you know a power run. No, that's not what you do. You go shotgun spread, see if you can hit a th- you know on a draw or something like that. Then you run a screen, see what happens. Then you make a judgment. Um, but I, I, you know, the fourth and three play call, Nick, to me in overtime, it that was egregious. That decision. Yep. I mean, Belichick had to. We all watched the game. We all watched how his defense could not get off the field. They only had one three and out to start the third, uh, the the third quarter. That was it. Other than that, the Patriots, uh, the Cowboys were just going up and down, doing whatever they want. First and twenty didn't matter. They're picking it up. Like whatever happened however they shot themselves in the foot, however Mark Mike McCarthy bad decisions we got, the Cowboys <laughs> overcame it and were going up and down the field. And Bill had to know. Once they won the toss and got the ball, Bill's mentality should have been, my defense, my old-ass expensive defense that can't stop anybody when it counts, how many times am I going to have to see this? It's been like two years running. They cannot stop anybody. They are gassed. They've been on the field for 75 plays, okay? Unless it's ridiculous, I am not giving the ball back. Like, I am at least – I'm going for every fourth down manageable. I'm kicking a field goal if I have to, but I'm trying not to. I am winning the game right now. That's the mentality. We have to – we can't go back on defense. It's not going to work. And what happened? It didn't work. That was just – that was an awful, awful call by Bill Belichick, and it goes right in line with the Tampa game. Yep. Like to kick that fifty-six yard field goal with a with a kicker who now every week seems like his knee injury is getting worse. They just signed a guy to the practice squad, and you knew Tom Brady was getting the ball back with timeouts. Like it's the same decision. Freaking go for it! What are you waiting for? You're you're you know you got two wins over the Jets and the Texans. You got to go for wins. The 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 formula that Belichick used for years 
no longer works. He can't get it to one score in the fourth quarter and say, well, we're going to make timely plays. You ain't got those players anymore. It's over. You got to change the formula. You got to be aggressive. You got to win the game in the first three quarters and not wait until the end of the game. Before we get to a lightning round of three up, three down from you, I'm just going to say I was on Twitter and, you know, on Sunday I tweeted out when they won the toss. It it feels like the Patriots have to go and win this game right now because their defense is not going to. And the fact that me and you and everybody else, you know, Joey and Worcester's watching that game going, uh, you got to go for it, Bill. The, the fact that all of us see that and he doesn't, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, and it's not, and, and people keep going into the whole, well, his record without Brady, but it doesn't matter. We've seen him make smart coaching decision after smart coaching decision throughout 15 to 20 years in New England. And it's like all of a sudden he's behind the curve. He doesn't understand what his team is. He and it's it's dumbfounding to me. I don't think he's all of a sudden become a bad coach. You go right. back, I saw, I think it was Warren Sharp who tweeted this out. He said, you know, go back to 2009. Belichick stopped being aggressive in 2009. It wasn't because of fourth and two. It wasn't because of, you know, Brady being gone. This trend began years ago where he wasn't as aggressive as other coaches. And if you're watching the NFL, again, I watch a lot of it because I have to and because I love it. But if you're watching the NFL across the league, coaches are going for it on fourth down. They're going, I mean, Brandon Staley, it backfired this week, but he went for a fourth and one on his own 19 on Sunday. Coaches are being more aggressive fourth and short. That's where the game is trending. Belichick isn't trending with the game. He's he's way back. And it's I, I and when you go against a team that's more aggressive and more explosive, you're gonna give up points. And if you're not aggressive, you're gonna lose games. This is not, you know, 2001. It's not even 2014 with Revis and Browner in that defense. You're not gonna hold really good teams to less than 21 points, 24 points, maybe even 27 points. You've got mm-hmm. to change your approach. It's it's driving me nuts. And hopefully, I mean, we'll see a change moving forward. Because if not, I'm just I'm speechless. All right, three up. Who you got? Uh, I didn't change much from the game. Um, I, you know, from so uh, I thought Jawan Bentley before his injury, I thought it was one of his best games I've ever seen him play. I mean, he had, I think, twelve tackles and eleven were solo. Um, you know, the forced fumble, which you know, Dak's got to hang on to that ball. And I still, I still don't know if that was a legit fumble. I said, yes, the ball was moving, but I still think he had possession, but whatever. I, I didn't have a big beef with the call either way. Uh, Justin Bethel getting in there. Uh, the pass breakup for the interception forced a fumble on the punt. Um, and I, th- and, and Damian Harris, let's just put Harris and Stevenson together. Uh, I thought they both looked really good. They both looked really fast on the coach's film, explosive. It's I, I I think that's an indication, you know, that the offense is starting to come together. Slow, but surely, but it's coming together. I just wish they attacked the linebackers more with the running backs. I, I thought, you know. I think it, they're it, getting there. I, it was going to be a game, especially after that play to Stevenson down the seam and then the Henry touchdown. I said last week, I, I think tight ends and running backs could do some damage against these linebackers and safeties and they went big a lot. They ran the football a lot. 
again, you know, they did move the football, but I, I would have liked to see a little bit more activity to the tight ends and to the running backs in the passing game. You're three down. Uh, I'm going to go uh, Bill Belichick for that fourth down call in overtime. I just think you simply you you simply can't make that call. Um, you have to go and win the game, and he didn't do that. And uh, my second down would be Steve Belichick for those two calls that I uh, said earlier. Uh, the fourth, uh, the third and 25, which is just ridiculous, was a ridiculous call. And then the call on the game winning touchdown. And uh, my third down would be, uh, let's see, I don't want to give it to it. I don't want to give it to James Ferentz, even though he he belongs down there. Uh, oh, Jalen Mills. No, you know what? I absolve him. I thought it was, you know, largely on those, but I guess I'll go Ferentz. He was just, he's, he's just not good enough up there. I did think Teddy Karras was again, outstanding in this game, but besides the point. That's besides All right. Mill Mill is on my list. Uh, BostonSportsJournal.com member question of the day, $39.99 for the annual plan. Top-notch analysis of all the Boston pro sports Bruins win on Saturday night. Uh, if you haven't heard, if you're living under a rock, if you saw Jersey Street last night, FS1 post game, that place was going bananas. Uh, the Red Sox are two wins away from getting to the World Series. That's a pretty big deal. And of course, the Celtics start their season tomorrow night against the New York Knicks. Al Horford will be out of that game due to COVID, but it looks like Jalen Brown will be back. And you get all the Patriot stuff from Greg video analysis, coaches film, direct access to him in weekly chats. All right, Greg, I need a question from you. You got one? Uh, yeah, I do. Well, I, I did just, uh, I did just want to point out somebody, they, they were pointing out that they thought that the final play call or no third and 25 was cover three. Um, and that it was more of a match coverage. And I just wanted to point out, and I wanted to be definitive about this, that like, that's not what the call was. Trust me. i I found out what the call was because I was confused as hell. And I actually, I sent out the video clip of third and 25 to, I don't know, five different NFL people, execs, coaches being like, what coverage are they in here? Because I can't figure it out because it looks like cover three. It looks like Jackson, McCourty, and Mills, I guess it would be, were in cover three and everybody else is playing man-to-man underneath, which makes no sense. But it was... It was cover one robber. Adrian Phillips is the robber. He is supposed to take on the weak side of the formation. He's supposed to take the crosser. And then JC Jackson is basically supposed to switch positions with Adrian Phillips. And that's why you see Devin McCourty at the end on the coach's film motioning to JC Jackson. Like you're supposed to come into the middle of the field. He was just standing off doing nothing, <laughs> not helping anybody. And so uh, I just wanted to be definitive about the coverage on that and what broke down on that play. All right. Well, it was a, it was a tough one on Sunday. Another tough one. Uh, you know, decisions that maybe the coaching staff regrets. Hopefully they do. And they go back and they, they change some of their approach because uh, this is now just, you know, groundhog's day with Bill Murray. We're, we're waking up watching the same film with, you know, this, this team and some of the defensive decisions that were made, mm -hmm. some of the decisions made by Belichick, uh, it, it's backfired and it's, it's a, it's one of those seasons so far. That's very frustrating. You and I had them, I think with 11 wins, if you look at literally a handful of plays, five to seven plays, if you look at those five to seven plays slash decisions, this team could be, you know, five and one, they could be zero and six 
that, that like that's the kind of season it's been. And mm-hmm. and we always would watch this team and say Belichick would make the right decisions, Brady would make the right play at the right time, the defense would come up with something timely, and none of that is happening right now. It, it's all swinging the other way. And I think Belichick's going to step up and change some of it, or we're going to have this happen over and over and over again, Greg. And we're going to say, wow, this team this team had a chance to win 10 or 11 games. They won six or seven because some of the boneheaded things that happened that that could have been, you know, stripped away early on, but but they weren't for some reason. So this is not yeah. Belichick now. Yeah, I want, wanted to further um, jump on with you and, and to sort of close this out. Look, you know, you look at you look at teams that are are they good or bad in one score games? You know, that's sort of an indication on whether you have a good team. And this team going back to the end of 2019, just they're now what, 11 and 17. And I went back and looked at it. I think uh, 11 of those 17 losses are by one score. Like that's just that's just where they've been. And until that changes, they can't be considered a good team. I still think this team is going to be a good team. But man, that defense has to change, Nick. And I think you're right. I think we're both in lockstep on this. The offense is getting there. It's going to get there. But the defense and Belichick has to take it over. He's got to get the defense better. They have to start closing out games and making winning plays or else this season is quickly going to be lost. He's Greg. I'm Nick. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles brought to you by BetUS.com, America's favorite sports book for over 25 years. Don't forget, BSJ is the code up to 200% in bonuses. Uh, We'll be back later on in the week to preview what we got the Jets. Yeah, I mean, we got the Jets coming up. Uh, Hey, at least it's a win. Maybe. Hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully. Uh, We'll talk about that game a little bit later in the week. Uh, Until then, enjoy the Red Sox. Enjoy the Celtics. Enjoy the Bruins.